You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. So this morning, um, I've been telling you and I've been kind of hinting at and kind of teasing that we were going to hear some stories from some people from Impact. So you don't always just have to listen to me or listen to Andrew. You can actually hear from from just someone who usually isn't up here. And some of you may not know Paul. This is Paul Schwanke. He is part of my herd. He's part of my group. Um, I love him. I love his family. They're amazing people. And today, he is just going to share some of his story about following Jesus. And what I want us to see, and we're going to sit down, if that's okay with y'all, because it's just easier to have a conversation that way. So what, what we're going to see here today is how it really looks practically to start following Jesus. And I think that's a question that a lot of people want to know that, hey, man, the preacher can get up here and he can preach and he can say, hey, let's follow Jesus. Let's do this. Let's do this. And you're like, well, what does that mean? What does it look like? And I do my best to try to make it as practical as possible, but there's no better way to truly understand what it looks like than to hear the story of someone else that wasn't following Jesus, that started following Jesus, and how his life's been since he started following Jesus. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, So far, we've looked at some really important things in this series. We've seen that following Jesus is more than just uh, a head knowledge of God. It's actually a heart experience. We've seen that there's markers of what it looks like to follow Jesus, that we're with him, that our character begins to line up with his character, that we begin to do the things that he did. We begin to love the way that he did. We begin to show grace the way that he did. And I'm excited this morning because in just like a minute, I'm going to be done talking and Paul is going to do some talking for you guys. But it's just important that you understand this, this little piece before we get started. And we've said this and Paul will probably touch on this too, but your story is not going to look exactly like Paul's story. And your story is not going to look exactly like my story. And my story is not going to look exactly like your story. Everybody's story is different. But we know that Jesus came to call sinners. He came to save sinners, which is all of us. And He called us to be followers of Him. So no matter what your story is, we all have the same Jesus that loves us the same, that's calling us to follow Him the same. Now we all have different gifts and Once we begin to follow him, maybe the the mission for our life is a little different, but he's calling all people to follow after him. So this morning, as we we dig in, what I want to see is I cheated a little bit because I know Paul's story already, a little bit of of that. So I'm just, I'm excited that he's here. And Paul, I'm going to just start with a question for you. And my question is this. So I just mentioned about there's a difference between a head knowledge of God and then actually having a heart experience. So because I cheated and I know your story, I know that was kind of true for you at some point. 
So can you tell us how that was true for you? Was there a time that you knew about God, but that you really didn't know him personally? Uh, uh, I'll give you the microphone. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, uh, came from a good family. Uh, mother was a nurse, father in the army. Every now and then we go to church services for Easter, Christmas, things like that. Uh, uh, my grandma, too, she'd take us to, to Bible study every time. We'd go visit her. Uh, then later on in life, uh, Junior high, high school, we started going to church, things like that. So we got some of the, the head knowledge of uh, going to Bible study, going to church, listening to the pastor, things like that. Uh, then uh, I started doing good things. Uh, going to the Methodist church, and I was doing good things. And then being an all-around nice person was what Christians did. Uh, that's what most people say, that's what most people preach. And that was what I saw. Then uh, I even went to as far as talking to the pastor getting saved because I thought that was what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to be baptized. That's what the Bible says. Uh, I never really truly opened up my heart, never really called out uh, for God at any time. Never asked him for help, never really prayed. Uh, I was just kind of going along with the crowd, kind of going along with what I thought was right in my own head and my own understanding of what the Bible says. And so even that night that I was baptized, uh, when I uh, got drunk with my friends, got into a fight, uh, I don't really feel like that uh, I opened up my heart to God that night, never really uh, um, asked for forgiveness. I uh, just kind of really relied on my own understanding of what I had learned. And I could memorize the, the Ten Commandments and not commit any of those and think that I had to. I'm not a sinner. I don't do any of those things. It's a, Completely false, because I, I did have one God before the true God, which was myself. I didn't care to know Him. I didn't care to follow Him. I didn't care to do any of that. I just thought I was doing it by the book and the right way. Yeah. So I think if if we're all honest with each other, that there's come a time where we've had to at least think, man, have I really actually started a relationship with Jesus? Like. There's, there's usually a moment, right, in time that, that, that happens where you say, hey, I know about God. I've, I've learned. I've, I've went to church. Maybe I went to Bible study. Maybe I know a lot about Scripture, a lot about God. But have I ever actually started following after Him? And I think that a lot of people get there, and a lot of people are there right now um, in, our, in our community, in our area, in the South, because church is just a part of tradition in the Bible Belt. That's what people do. They go to church. Um, they're raised in church. They, they continue to go. And they never actually get to a place, Some, not never, a lot of times they don't get to a place to where that head knowledge of God translates into a hard experience where they begin to follow after Him. So I know you told me about um, just one a bad night you had where you just kind of felt like, you know, God just wasn't around and then your life kind of changed after that. So T tell them, if you would, just, just about that, that moment in time for you. Uh, I had things going pretty rough in my life. I was in a bad marriage. Because uh, uh, God wasn't in it. That's pretty much the biggest uh, part about that. Just make time for God at all. Uh, we were trying to rely mostly on our own understanding of what marriage was. Let's go 
saying that I'm too weak to do this by myself. And I can't live. I can't live. I don't want to live without God. And, uh, yeah so like what a moment um in his life where he's he has a head knowledge of who god is um but has no really desire to follow after jesus and i think that's important for us to at least think about in our own life is again that's a marker right for for a true follower do we really want to be with jesus is our desire to to actually have a relationship and be intimate with him and he has this horrible night this horrible experience and man there's there's so many things that could have happened differently that night but it didn't and then he goes and sees a chaplain and the chaplain leads him to jesus and as soon as he has Jesus in his life, man, he, he feels it. It's different. He changes. Because once we have an encounter with Jesus, nothing else can be the same. Like our life has to change in that moment. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything is going to just automatically be 100% where we need it to be. But it means that we have relinquished control and we've allowed Jesus to to take over. And then we let the Holy Spirit do the work in our life. And that's what we see a lot of times. I want to read just a little bit from Mark chapter 5. And there's not many verses. Here's the story. There's this guy who is demon-possessed, and they've tried to keep him kind of chained up, and he's just breaking these chains. He's just so powerful and just so out there. He's so crazy. And in verse... Six, we'll pick up in Mark chapter five, verse six says, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him and crying out with a loud voice. He said, what have you done with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? He replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. So here we have this, this man who was possessed by demons. He's just a sinful, demonized person. And then they fall at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus calls out to the demons inside of him, hey, leave him. And he asks, hey, what's your name? He says, my name is Legion. It's the demon speaking, not the man himself. And he said, hey, just don't send us too far away. You can send us out of the man, but keep us here. And then the story goes that Jesus sent him into a herd of pigs, and the herd of pigs ran off the cliff and drowned. So that's the story. And then here's the end of that story, picking back up in verse 17. It says, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. We see here that Jesus had authority over the demons inside of this body. 
So the first thing I want to point out to you this morning is that Jesus is greater than your sins. Jesus is greater than any sin that you have in your life. And Paul just talked about a moment in his life where he, he tried to be done. He tried to end it. Jesus was greater than that moment. And you may be in a circumstance or tied up in a sin or just in a situation that you don't want to be in right now. And I want you to know that Jesus is greater than that. He's greater than that sin. He's greater than that circumstance. He's greater than that situation that Jesus has ultimate authority. Jesus has ultimate authority and power. And we just have to fall at His feet and let Him have it. So since you've given your life to Jesus, how has He changed you? Like, how is your life different now than it was then? I guess when I uh, first started following what the, well, I guess it was good for me in a very strict Baptist church, uh, the most Sunday school and all that, and I worked my hardest to, just to gain more knowledge about the life of God, about the life of Christ, uh, Learned some of the stories that, uh, from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And just one of the biggest rules is how can you truly know Jesus if you don't know anything about him? And we don't know his life story. The, the things that he's done, the words, mostly, you know, most importantly, the words that he said. And so I did that for a long time. And I, I actually started praying and having a conversation. There's been quite a few times. And it's good. If I pray for myself, it doesn't always work out. If I pray for others, I usually, I can see uh, an effect. Uh, one of the biggest things that I did, I worked on aircraft in Iraq. We had a really tight flight schedule we had to make. So if we lost something, lost the nut, the washer, everything had to be accounted for. So I had to sit on the aircraft, pray for 10 minutes, and then I'd find it every single time, never failed. And if we had lost the nut or a washer on the aircraft, we'd get jammed in the flight controls, so the helicopter would crash. So, uh, That's bad. I think one of the, the biggest changes was fear. And I wasn't afraid as much as I was going to be. Instant fear when like, you get in a rack, your heart starts to flutter, things like that. It's fine, but fear of where I was going uh, after I died, fear of people kind of went away. And wasn't scared of most things anymore. That made my life a lot easier, just uh, living without that fear. Yeah, yeah for sure. So the, he mentioned just the, and people think that this is crazy, right? But he, he prayed about just trying to find a nut or a washer or something and then find it. And people are like, man, God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care about the little things in your life. And I, I want you to know this morning that God does care about the details of your life. And actually, when we follow him, he wants us to follow him in the details of life. And we, we see in this story, so the second thing I want to point out from this passage is this. Jesus has a great mission for your life. Jesus has a great mission for your life. Sometimes our life is going to drastically change when we begin to follow Jesus. And in a sense, that's true. It's, it changes because now our eternity changes. We're going to be in heaven for eternity with Him. It changes because we now have the Holy Spirit within us. And that's, those are drastic 
changes. But a lot of times when people start following Jesus, they have the same jobs. They still have the same spouse, whether they want to or not. They still have the same kids. They're still usually in the same community. Not a whole lot changes when it comes to that side of life. When Paul found Jesus, he was in the Navy. Many years later, he's still in the Navy, right? He still has the same, the same employer. A lot of times those little things don't change, but God still has a great mission for you, and that's to follow him in the details. See, when Jesus got into the boat to leave, the man that he had healed, the man that was possessed by demons said, hey, I want to go with you. And Jesus says, no, you can't go. This guy wanted to be with Jesus physically. He said, hey, you're the only one. You're the only one that could help me. You're the only one that did help me. I want to be with you. I want to follow you. I want to be as close to you as I can be. And Jesus said, hey, so that's not your mission. Your mission is to go back home and share what I did with everybody around you. And what a great mission that is. To go back and tell people about Jesus. And I can't think of a greater mission than that, than to share the gospel. And Pastor Andrew last week talked about how sharing the gospel should, should be our, our aim. That should be the goal. We should share what Jesus has done for us. But following Jesus really challenges our comfort because it's not always comfortable to share Jesus. It's not always comfortable to share our story. But it also challenges our convenience because, man, we live in a, in a time where everything's about convenience. Everything. And sharing Jesus isn't always a convenient thing to do. But what better mission could we have on our life than to share the gospel with people? And no matter where you are right now, God has a great mission for your life. Man, I could ask each of you individually if you think that God has a, a great mission for you, if you think what you do is really impactful for the kingdom. And I guarantee you, we'd be about 50-50 where some people would say, yeah, I believe that God's got a great mission for me. I think that, you know, I'm going to impact lives for the kingdom. And then the other half would say, you know what? I, I just go to work every day and then I come home and it's just the same routine. And I really don't think God has a great mission for my life. I don't, I don't really know what that would even look like. This is what it looks like, that you continue to do life, but you do it with a greater sense of passion and purpose for, for Christ. That when you go to work every day, that you show God's love to the world at work. That when you come home, that you're a, a godly husband, that you're a godly wife, that you're a godly father, that you're a godly mother, that you teach your family about Jesus if you're the spiritual leader, that you, that you do the things that God wants you to do in whatever position that you're in. That is a great mission from God. And I'm really hoping that you believe that this morning. I'm really hoping that, first of all, you understand whether or not you've truly began to follow Jesus. Because that's what this whole series was about. And this is the last week of the series. 
And my heart and my prayer for this series has been, God, if there's anyone that comes through these doors that has never started following after you, let them begin that relationship before this series is over. And that's, that's truly my prayer in my heart. And I don't care, and this is, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I don't care how much scripture you know. I don't care how many times you've been to church. I don't care how many Southern gospel scenes you went on the fifth Sunday. Like, none of that matters to me. And yes, I went to a lot of Southern gospel scenes growing up. What matters to me is that you have an intimate, genuine, sincere, real relationship with Jesus. Man, and I want you to know a bunch of Scripture, and I want you to know a lot about God, and I want you to go to those Southern Gospel scenes if you want to go. But the number one thing that I want for your life is that you've really, truly started following Jesus. That you truly have a relationship with Jesus. Paul, if there was just one last thing that you could tell everybody about following Jesus, what would that be? I guess not everyone's story is the same. Uh, I went to church while I was in California. We were sharing our testimony, sharing our same stories. And uh, I had shared mine kind of in the same way that I shared it today. Uh, she was embarrassed. They were just like the the guy on the boat, hey, I want to follow you. I mean, there wasn't really much. And Jesus walked by and said, hey, follow me. And that was it. And that was pretty much her story. And she was embarrassed to share it. And I will, apparently I'm a little more hard-headed than she was. It took a lot more for Jesus to get through to me. Um, imagine that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Meredith said amen to that. <laughs> it, uh, there's also psychology they have terms that will describe like post-traumatic stress disorder once you hit uh, a certain point in your life and start searching for some sort of religion. Um, but I, I, I find that to be kind of false in my situation. I had already known, I already known something about God. I didn't switch at that point in time. I just fully accepted. Um, whatever your story is, don't hide it. I think I've hid mine for a long time. It's always been in a group setting. Jesus is going to get you if he wants you. He's going to get you somehow, and it might take him walking by, or it might take uh, a night kicking down doors, or uh, almost committing suicide to, to get your attention. And I, can, I can definitely say I felt both sides uh, of the, the staff and the rock. Uh, that night was definitely a staff. Uh, I never felt so terrible, so evil, so uh, out of control. is much easier on this side to get a little course corrections every now and then. Um, but it's, it's definitely a good feeling to know, know God cares when, when He uh, corrects you. And then that very same bullet that I tried to use, uh, I took to the range later and it went off. Um, so it was in the details of God, for whatever reason, Jesus wanted me here. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter to me exactly why, but I'm here. I can share my stories. Amen. Well, man, we appreciate you sharing your story. Um, it's, 
it's it's really not easy for everyone to get up here and talk in front of people. Um, so just for you being willing to do that. And I didn't ask Paul to do this. So he reached out to me uh, from the prompting of the spirit. Uh, and he just felt like God wanted him to share his story. So I appreciate that obedience to that. Um, as we close, close it out today. This is, this is what I want us to pick up is that everybody has little details in their life. People wake up in the morning, people eat lunch, people have dinner, maybe there's snacks between all those meals. Um, maybe there's a lot of snacks, whatever. People, whatever your details are in life. My question is, are you following Jesus in the details? Do you think that he cares enough about the details of your life to truly trust him with the details of your life? Are you praying for the lost nuts and washers in your life? Are you letting him in on that level? Because that's different. Like I'm not calling, um, man, I, I, love my, I love my mom and dad. They live about 40 minutes away. And if I lost something at home, I'm not calling them to tell them I lost it and I need their help to find it. Like, I'm just not doing that, right? They're 40 minutes down the road. I'm going to ask Ashley. And she's probably going to find it and tell me I don't look very well for things. But that's just, that shows, hey, she's close to me right now. And I know that she cares about what I need. Not that my parents don't care, but as much as they love me, my daddy ain't driving 40 minutes to help me find a lost screwdriver or something. But that's the kind of detail that God wants to be involved in in your life. Hey, God, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this sin right now. Oh, yeah, man, that, that's pretty easy. We know God wants to know about that. But what about those of you who may be just, just kind of looking for something, searching for something in life? Maybe it's for... Where, where am I going to go to college? Or where, where's my next job going to be? Or maybe I'm not as happy as I could be at work. And man, that's just not something I'm going to pray about because God doesn't care about how happy I am at work or whatever it may be. Are you trusting God in the details? Are you following him in the details? And that's important because that's when our life really begins to change. And we had to change our whole worship set today. Not the whole thing. 90%. But just some unforeseen things came up. And I didn't know much about what was going on. Andrew just texted me yesterday and said, hey, probably going to have to change some things up. I was like, hey, yeah, man, that's cool. If you wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't even have known. We changed it up. But in that moment, I just, I just started praying, hey, God, I just want everything to, to flow smoothly. I know he's going to have to change some things up. And I know these are little details that many people don't think about. But man, for, for our worship team to have a, a smooth practice and a smooth worship set, that's important to me. And that's important to God. Because those are little details that you guys wouldn't even have known. Y'all wouldn't have known that we had to do that this morning. 
We set up this place every Friday night. Little details. And before I get here, I'm always praying, God, I want you to just help things go smooth. If something doesn't work, we're cool with that. Whatever you want to work for Sunday, let it work for Sunday. But help us to honor you and to build relationships. Those are little details. And we don't love set up on Friday nights, every Friday night. I'm just going to be honest. We love hanging out and being together. Do you love coming to set up on Friday nights, every Friday? Okay, yeah. So hey, if you don't do anything else, then come for set up. Here's, here's what you have to know today. That following Jesus is more than just saying a prayer. It's more than getting dunked in, in water. It's more than coming to church. It's more than knowing about God. It's having a relationship with Jesus. Man, and I've been talking to my daughter about this. She's nine. And to me, she's just, she's right there. She's so close to understanding. I can ask her all the questions that a pastor would ask someone if they were about to give their life to Jesus. And she knows every answer and she, she can tell you what it, what it means to be a Christian almost. The part she doesn't quite understand is what it really means to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's the most important part. And she understands the sin. She understands that Jesus did everything necessary for our salvation. She understands that once she begins a relationship with Jesus, then her life will be different. And she's just not quite there where she understands having a relationship with Jesus. Man, and I pray about that every day. Because I, I feel like there's no greater gift as a parent than when your child gives their life to Jesus. And that's going, to be, that's going to be it for me. That's going to be amazing. I can't wait for that day. But I also don't want to give her a false sense of hope that she has a relationship with Jesus if she doesn't even know what that means. And I'm afraid that a lot of people that come to church have a false sense of hope. Because they know the right answers. But they've never truly given their lives to Jesus. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.